Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Happy Monday, episode 908 of Coach Unplugged today. We're going to be talking to the Bates men basketball coach. John is a great guy. You're going to love it. A lot of golden nuggets in this one. You're going to really enjoy this podcast. But before we jump into it, I'd like to give a big shout out to our sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shoe machine on the market, bar none, used by some of the top programs in the country, Duke and Carolina and Florida. And Anyway, so go over and check them out. Mention Coach Unplugged. They'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. If you're if you're looking at becoming a better basketball coach, if you're sick of um, if you're sick of Zoom calls, if you're sick of spending forty nine dollars or thirty nine dollars for a video that you get two little little uh, golden nuggets out of, come over and join us for the less than a, a trip to McDonald's. You can come join teachhoops.com and become a better basketball coach. So come over and check check it out. All right, let's head off to the podcast. All right. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. So this is take two for the people that are listening. The intro got all messed up. So if it's not a smooth transition from when John and I talk right now until the other hour plus that we talked hoops, that's why. So uh, that's my fault with the technology and all the stuff I'm trying to run at the same time. Um, so John, I'm going to have you introduce yourself, kind of give your the beginning part of your basketball journey, and then we're just going to shove it in with the rest of it. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell where your coach, kind of how you started playing. Talk about your grandpa, great grandfather, a little bit, and then uh, that will be good. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was a three sport athlete. Played uh, soccer, basketball, and baseball. Um, <clears throat> as you mentioned, I had a great grandfather named Jimmy Fitzpatrick, a, a legendary athlete in the state of Maine. Went on to play at uh, Boston College. Uh, used to drop kick field goals with Jim Thorpe. He struck out Babe Ruth. He's got a ton of accolades that I don't have. And that, uh, and that my younger brother, Charlie, actually has. He was a, a seven-year professional baseball player for the Seattle Mariners. 
And um, so he what got position the position. Did he play? He was a six-six left-handed pitcher. Yeah, just he just retired at thirty-four years old. How about that? Are you are you a lefty? No, no. Okay. No. <laughs> if you're gonna you know, have kids, genetic. If you can do anything with genetics, get a lefty that can throw a baseball real fast, and you're in good shape. Yeah. I'm trying to make my four-year-old son eat his eat his uh, Cheerios with his left hand. It's not going well though. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. true. And then where did you where did you go to high school? So I, I went to South Portland High School. Um, it's uh, just an hour and a half north of Boston, Massachusetts. A small public school, about you know, 1,200 students. Uh, with very competitive basketball program when I came into it with a, a longtime coach who was like the second all-time winningest coach in Maine. And, um, you know, he's probably one of the first people that inspired me to, to, to get into coaching. He had a, a really positive impact on, on my experience as a high school athlete. And I actually had him for basketball and baseball. So I had him for you know, eight straight seasons. And so we, it, we were forced to get along in some capacity. <laughs> it's similar to my son. When I coached him in volleyball and basketball, I feel bad for him. Ooh. I just, yeah, ooh, it's, we're still talking. So that's good. That's awesome. um, that's but it's, uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be turning it over to somebody else. So Upon a graduation, I ha actually had an opportunity with, a, with a, an alum who um, was an investment banker has had this sort of like history of, of taking on Bates grads. And I, and I got offered an opportunity. I mean, I had no experience and no knowledge in this, this field. And, and he was adamant that athletes have a skill set. They may not know that they have this, but that are really attracted to employers. Um, he's like, I don't, I'll teach you the rest of the material, but if you have like the, you know, dedication, loyalty, you know, what it's like to be part of a team, you'd be a great fit. And, you know, then he told me the salary and the hours, which, one was really attractive and the other one was not. Right. Uh, and, and I just realized, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be in a cubicle crunching numbers and, you know, like. The funny thing is, is, here's my brother. My brother runs a VC company. He basically says, if you give me a captain from the NASDAQ or the Ivy, I'm in. Like, he goes, because they're competitive. They know how hard work is. They know. It, it's funny. He says, I'll train them. I'll teach them the rest of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> And it's that's what I was told. Yeah. And it's funny how that was, that, that's, that's so true though. It's like, because I think there's a discipline with being an athlete um, yeah. that, you know, you don't get in other avenues um, that it, it, I don't know, it's hard to quantify, but it, there's definitely something that there's hard work. There's, there, there's that out. There's no, there's no clock per se. Um, I'm just right. going to get the work done. Um, exactly. I need to get done. So, so, so history major. So <laughs> dad said it would be silly not to go there. And then, okay. So then what happened after you graduated, after you graduated then? So, uh, I respectfully declined this offer to, to be a first year analyst at this investment banking company without a plan. You know, it's one of those things to turn down a job when you have one, right. but I didn't have one. I just knew what I didn't want to do. And and so actually it was about a month before I graduated, the assistant basketball coach got a new job. And so my, my coach at the time offered me that spot. And because I also played baseball at Bates, it became this like four part position where I was assistant basketball, assistant baseball. I worked <laughs> admissions tours and then in a career services office. So, so upon graduation, I basically took a month off and then I, I got a local apartment and started working for the college I graduated from for, for two years. Okay. 
and so 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 tell me so so tell me how the the did you know what you were getting yourself into at 25 oh geez yeah so yeah uh, no i no, i had no idea i uh so I, I, I was an assistant at Bates for two years, and then I went to Springfield College um, in Western Massachusetts to, for a, I got a graduate associateship where they pay for your master's degree while you're an assistant coach. And, um, and just so many coaches have come out of that school. So for me, it was just a really good fit. And, right. uh, but, I, you know, when I left, the, the head coach at Bates at the time was like, you know, where do you see yourself 10, 15 years? I said, I just want to give myself a resume to be eligible for the the job whenever you leave and then he called me a year later I was one year into Springfield and he's like all right get your resume together I'm like well <laughs> it's together I don't have much to add I mean I have right. three years of college coaching experience as an assistant coach I mean I don't I don't think I'm qualified for this job and you know obviously being an alum and having worked there as, as an assistant coach I think helped at least get me an interview right and I, I remember being I, I prepared like I was ready for that job. I didn't know I was at the time. I think I just, I did so much to get ready for the interview that when it was done, I was like, you know what? I think this is, this is, I can do this. Right. And, and, but you know, at the same token, then I got into it and I still remember my first game on the sidelines and I was like, excuse me, Mr. Official. Um, can I, can I step outside this coach's box? And he's looking at me like, "Who are you? Uh, okay, kid, good luck. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> Um, no, I just, I, I just look at the, I look at the recent hires at, at your level on that coast and it's crazy. Like, Oh man, it, it, I'm just saying, I think you got, I think you got a golden ticket first of all. And then, and then, um, I really do. I, I mean, I think it's a great school, obviously it was on Drew's final list. And, and, um, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I just, I think it's a, you know, you see these D3 guys dropping down or D1 guys dropping down to D3 now because what they're having. And I, and I even had and one of my assistants is a former D1 assistant. They, they found out the life isn't what they wanted it and they have kids and they have a family and it's like, Ooh, I'll, I'll just, I'll pop down and, and do this. And it's a good job. And um, so I think, yeah, I think, I think if you, I think if you moved on, the amount of applicants would be crazy. Oh, it'd be nuts. It'd be nuts. I mean, I, I've, I've never thought about even moving on because I know having talked to you know a lot of friends in at the division one level or, or former division one head coaches that I know that are now retired. They're like, if I could do it all over again, a job in your league is so desirable for the fact that it's, you know, it's an elite division three conference. So you, you can win a national championship. Right. And you're getting some of the best kids in the world, you know, that, that, you know, you don't have to overcoach. You can really just let them go a little bit. Right. And they're going to, and they're, and, and eventually they're going to own you basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they might own Amazon someday, like yes. that kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's a perfect mix. I really do. I think there's a few, I think there's a handful of leagues like that in the country. Um, and one of them's your league, I think. Yeah. You, I mean, even look at the guys that have jumped to the NBA from that league, which is crazy. Um, oh my gosh. That's a funny, I can actually tell you, you know, whenever you want to pivot to that, well, let's talk about it. I'd love to hear about that. So Duncan Robinson, he, uh, he can verify this for you. And he reminded me when we saw him in Miami um, this past winter, we played in a tournament down in Miami. And uh, we actually, I coached against Jim Calhoun, which was kind of a unique experience just to be oh, yeah. on the floor with him. And uh, it was before that game. 
because I had recruited Duncan and, and he knew one of my assistants at the time, he actually came to the hotel and said hello to us and hello to the guys. And it, it was just, you know, for me, it was like, I remember when you were six, two and a nobody. Right. And, um, and he reminded me, I didn't, I don't remember saying this to him, but he, he's, he assured me that, you know, I told him everybody thinks they can play division three basketball, but it's not for everybody. You know, and he's like, I was, he's like, I was wearing this, like, you know, cardigan my mom made me wear. I was a sophomore in high school. And he's like, you just looked at me like I had no chance of playing college basketball. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, Duncan, I'm pretty sure I was, I was. And, and, and what happened? Did he grow? So, yeah. So he was, uh, he was at a school called uh, governor's Academy in Massachusetts. And, you know, he's, um, he was like six, two, six, three. I mean, just an elite shooter, but he was probably 150 pounds soaking wet. So he just got pushed around in the, in the competitive prep league. But then, yeah, he, he grew up to like six, 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 seven, put on some weight, went to Phillips Exeter. They won a, a championship there. And I, I, I mean, honestly, I was shocked at you know, some of the Ivy Patriots maybe didn't take a bite on. I mean, it was probably a little bit of a risk at the time. Um, but when he went to Williams, which is in our league, I was like, oh, here we go. And he right. was, I mean, he was. Dominant. Oh, my God. Like, without, oh. without trying. I mean, he had some really good players around him. Don't get me wrong. Right, right. But he, yeah, he did some things that I'm like, yeah, he's got to go. Like, this is just not. This I mean, is, he's just in the wrong spot. The funny thing is, he, he, and here's what I've noticed. So, with Drew taking a gap year, there's. The difference between an 18-year-old and a 22-year-old or a 23-year-old is so much. He has yeah. he has literally put on 15 pounds of, of 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 strength just because he's lifting and eating. I mean, the difference between a 16-year-old and an 18-year-old, but the difference between 18 and 22, what you oh. can do to kids is crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like we have. It's funny. So we have a freshman. This uh, he's not going to have a season this year, but he's, right. you know, long athletic, six, seven, six, eight. I mean, crazy bouncy. Right. And, you know, but I have some older guys that haven't played a ton yet. And they, he walked in and they were like, yeah, yeah. He doesn't know what's coming his way yet. Yeah. He, I heard he's a good athlete and he's a, you know, big recruit, but we're about to bang him up a little bit here, you know? Right. It's like a, it's like, a, it's like the, uh, it's like the ball in the ping pong uh, pinball machine. It's like ding, 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 ding. Cause oh, you're, yeah. Yeah. you're just not used to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. No, I could tell Drew looked good. I, he popped on the video just really. He looked like he's. Yeah, he's put on. And the thing is, it's like, what are you doing, COVID? Like, he can't. Like, we're in semi lockdown in Wisconsin. So it's like, and luckily I have a key. So, um, nice. you know, he can get, he can lift. And, um, you know, he's eating, and he's eating better, which is half of it. So between eating and, you know, what else are you going to do? Like, right. I'm, <laughs> you know, so. You got to do it. <laughs> Yeah, I got to make them quicker is the bigger part. Um, so, so okay, so let's talk about let's talk about how how you when you came into the job, what was the objective? Like, what, I mean, not, not necessarily objective. What were you thinking with the league, offensively, defensively, your facility, those kind of things? What were you thinking when you came into the job? Well, with the facility, I knew it was uh, you know everyone says it's a Hoosiers like environment. So I, you know, I think a lot of people, because it's an older gym, feel like, Oh, it's hard. It must be hard to recruit with that facility. When you look at some of the other schools that have these, you know, state of the art facilities. And I'm like, this is the easiest thing to sell. I mean, it gets packed. There's only 700 seats. So it's full all the time. doesn't matter. Right. Week, weekend, you know, big game, not a big game. I was like, this is easy to sell. So that was, that was a non-factor. The, 
from an offense because of the league you're in too because kids are smart enough to know too it's like the problem is and this is what i've told people too is like what they're doing at the high school level now too is they're building these huge field houses and even if you have a semi-big game and it's a half full there's it feels like no one's there right you know i have a our gym that's why drew love that gym so much our gym you know we're in a school we're a school of like 2500 but our gym holds 1700 1600 and we're going to we're going to schools that hold three four five thousand and it's like when we pack our play it is like deafening like it is like yeah. such a home court advantage because it's so can it's like your place it's contained Big um, time. yeah it's I also think, yeah i think it's also it, it is a home court advantage but it also it can wake people up quick too like you know if you're i know a lot of the best players in the league they come in and they have fans on them the second they get in the layup lines and warmups, and they're they're like, all right, they get engaged. So it's one of those things where it 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 you're it's a great the thing for us. Yeah, you're like, you know, <laughs> we've had some guys that have had some monster games in that gym, but I I'd rather have it that way than going to a place that's an energy vampire, right? Where it's just right. like no, it's just dead, it's cold, and you know, it's really hot in our gym too, which is kind of the unique thing about our facility is that it's like it's old school. You can't really see them in the background, but there's these like heaters that are either on or off. There's and if, no you know, middle. if you're if you're sitting in a in the bleachers and you like your back touches one of those things, you're gonna get burnt, man. It's it's a hot hot environment. Well, and the thing is, it's like especially in a school like that, that's what you're gonna go do when there's nothing to do. Like, you know, Other time go yeah. watch a hoops game. Yeah, there's a hoops game. There's there's one cafeteria, like if I remember right. correctly, right? Yeah, it's like one place one, to eat. Yeah. yeah, one place. You know, um, so so let's go back. So okay, so tell me a little bit about the league like offensively, defensively, what can you tell me about the league? It's changed quite a bit since I got the job. You know, I think there's still a lot of schools that run, you know, the Princeton style offense, you know, a lot of chin action and, and uh, a lot of set offense. And that for me, when I got the job, I, I knew in order for us to have success, we got to be a little bit more unique, you know, to, to win this league as a bear, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's a hard league to win. And, and so you I went in play it. everybody once, right? You play everybody once. Crazy. And the, and the top eight of the 11 make the conference tournament. And I, and I can tell you with certainty, the, the thing about our league, it's not that our top three teams are the best in the country, because I think other leagues are as good as us from the top. But if you think you're going to play the quote-unquote number 11 team in the NESCAC and just roll in and, and beat them, you're out of your mind. And you only get them once, though. You get That's one the time. That, that's so crazy to me. Here's a great example and of last year. So we go to Middlebury, where the number six seed at the time is the last day of the regular season. Middlebury's one, we're six. Crazy game. We have a miraculous three at the buzzer to win. And we go from we win the game and go from six to seven because of this like three-way tiebreaker. Middlebury, who's slated now to host the whole thing, they go from first to fifth with one loss. And now they have no home playoff. You know, in most leagues, when you play everybody twice, that one, that one loss or one win shouldn't affect the standings that much. But because of the tiebreakers, they slid four spots in, with one loss. That's we crazy. Won, That's we went down. I, 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 so what's the rationale behind not playing everyone twice? Hey everybody, hope you're enjoying the podcast. Please subscribe and like uh, no matter where you listen to podcasts, whether you're jogging, walking the dogs, walking the kids, playing at the pool, uh, go over and subscribe. Apple would be great. Five star. 
if you're going to do a two-star, don't do it. Spotify or wherever you listen. Um, we would also love if you went over to teachubes.com. It's what allows us to keep the lights on here and keep things at chugging. Um, so go over and check that out. 14-day free trial. Uh, you know, everyone's got to work on their game and their craft. Come over and help us. And then the last thing is if you're thinking of um, looking for other podcasts, go over and check out High School Hoops um, and Teacher Side Gig. Those are two other ones. And we, we might have a fourth one in the, in the tank, but we'll, we'll tease you on that one. All right, let's head back to the podcast. We'd have, then we'd have 20 conference games and only be able to play four non-league games. And if we did that, we would just beat up on each other. And there would be no way that we would get as many bids to the NCAA tournament because no one, no one would have a, a strong record. So the, the catch to that, though, is like what I do when I schedule. And the, the nice thing about, you know, Division three in our league is that I create – I fully control our non-league schedule. So I'm making right. sure that we're not playing bums. Like, and, and honestly, there's, you, it's, those games are hard, hard to find now. Like everybody right. has a full-time head coach, so you can't just right. open up play these guaranteed wins. But I want my guys to know that they're good, like, or right. know what they have to do to be good. So if we play, you know, the Babsons and the, you know, teams from the UAA where Chicago and Rochester played NYU, like, that's going to make us better for SCAC tournament play. When does when does league play start normally? Uh, it's the usually the second weekend of January. So we have like usually a good ten games before okay. we start to play. Okay. So January, so January is that, and and you guys, I forgot, are you guys semesters or are you trimester? Yeah. You're semesters. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so usually it's, like, it's yeah, the beginning of second semester then basically is when you start. Yeah. And, and that's another one of the advantages that we have. So our academic calendar, we start early in January. A lot of teams don't start till like late January, early February. So when we have our first three home games, conference games, our student body is there. Right. So that like some of the road games we have in January in the NESCAC, there's no student body there. There's, there's no, there's nobody watching the games. Whereas like our, it's very rare. We wouldn't have a full student body for all our home games. And I think that's, that's really where the advantage is for us is that we don't have like the 20 people in the gym right. games. Like we have five to 700 people coming to our games. So that's one of the advantages of having an earlier start date in second semester. Do you, do you guys lose, do you guys lose guys? You probably don't guys, guys don't study abroad or do anything like that. No. So that, that's the unique thing about our calendar. So we have a, a fall semester, a winter semester, which concludes in, in like mid April. Okay. And then, and then you have a week off for this April break and then they come back and take a, a I think Middlebury has a, like a Jan term. Yeah, They have a J term. Yeah. And that January is their term, I think. So ours is, is like late April to late May. We're the only team at school that does it. So that's Perfect. actually a time where my guys have gone abroad in the past is, you know, the second semester ends April 12th. You know, I've had guys go to China for two months. Right. And so that way you don't miss any basketball. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a good fit. That's a great way to like not, not lose your athletes too. Um, so tell me about tell me about practice. When do you practice? How uh, do you? It's obviously probably six, it's obviously six days a week. But how are, are there restrictions in the Nasdaq on practice or your or your school? The only restrictions are, yeah, you can only you have to have one day off per week when the when the at when the um, classes are in session. Okay. So if we're on breaks, there's no rules. Okay. I can't say there's no rules. There's you just right. You can go seven days a week. Right. Um. So we typically go. You know, we share gym space with the, uh, the women's team. So we either go 4.30 to 6.30 or 6.30 to 8.30. Okay. 
Okay. Um, our last class ends at four. So if we have that four thirty slot and guys need, you know, pre-practice treatment, you know, we might, we might start a little bit later and uh, just make sure everyone's ready to go. Um, but yeah, we, we got two hours in the early season and then I usually get it down to about 90 minutes in January and, and put more premium on, on film and individual workouts outside of practice time. Now does, does Bates have like a, a student place that they can go or do they have to use your gym? No, that we do have an auxiliary gym. Um, it's actually in the same building as our okay. main gym and it has two full, it's way bigger than, than our gym. But okay. the floor is one of those sort of like rubberized floors. It's not, it's, it's not a place I would ever want my athletes training okay. um, fr- from the surface. So yeah, we, we don't have to worry about intramurals or club sports. They, they go down to the other building. Okay. And is all, that, was that there when you went there? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I'm going, gosh, that'd be a problem with a small school if you only have one. <laughs> well, it, it still is a, it still is a little bit of a problem, and and I'm in, uh, we're close with uh, with a donor to getting a portable court that we're going to put in that building, so that there's just actually more hardwood space because it's a building that you could put a million different things in. So hopefully we can get that wrapped up so it just frees up more court space for volleyball and both the basketball programs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I never thought of that. Um, so if you could do three things at practice, what would they be? Only three. I'll get, I'll get specific in a second, but everything's got to be competitive. That's for sure. I mean, I think we have to, there's an element of competition that, that needs to take place. But if, if I could only do three things, I would definitely run my 3v3 sideline drill. That's for sure. That, that would okay. a lot of things. I would do um, a timed shooting drill. So we were getting game speed uh, shots up as a team. I would probably work on, on uh, some sort of one of our ball screen coverages just to just to uh, have that intact because we see so many of those in our opponents. So just having a defensive rep of ball screen coverage. Okay. And why did you pick those three? Well, I think the first, the first one, the sideline drill, we get to, you know, we work on our skill development, just hitting cardio, um, get a little bit of everything there. And then I think shooting the drill I'm thinking of, we call it three down shooting. Um, again, a little bit more cardio in there, but it's also shooting game like shots and also, uh, like coming off the catch with like urgency and we're tracking all the points that we make in those drills. So, um, cause you know, you know how it is. Like we could, I could drop any play in the world. I could take the, the bucks playbook. My buddy worked for the bucks, but like, I don't have Giannis and then, you know, like, you know, you need guys that can make the shots for me. So I think shooting right. is really important. And then I just think that the defensive side, the reason I said ball screens and it, it could be anything defensive. I just think that's an element where guys need constant work. And it's not even a skill that they, but you have to have a, a desire to play defense. So I, I couldn't not have a defensive thing in there because then I'm neglecting a really important side of the ball for these guys to focus on. And what, what's the most, what, so summarize the league defensively. Uh, I'd say like 90% man. Okay. And uh, some schools will just run a possession of zone, the first play of each half, just to like make you think that they might do it. Right. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's man to man. There's not, you know, it, there's not a lot of pressing. I think we would be foolish to really press anybody with the guard play that, you know, you're just giving up layups. Right. Um, most teams keep everything to the outside. And, uh, uh, you know, I think a lot of teams will, will hard hedge side pick and rolls. Some teams do down or ice some of the, uh, the side pick and rolls, but yeah. So, so what, what wins the league? Like what, what like defensively like wins size wins, shooters win, athletes win. Oh, oh, I mean shooters. I think it's shooters. Uh, 
well, I'd say it's a combination of the shooters and the size. I think so. The teams that have won have, you know, six six, two guards that are just ridiculous you know, shooters. Right. And so I think it's, uh, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the last couple of years has been teams that have gone a little bit smaller and played a little faster and taken a lot of sh- taken a lot of threes, and that I think proved successful for them recently. Um, but if consistently you look at who's winning the league, it's definitely guys that have the bigger guards and even fives like bigs that can defend the post, but can stretch the floor enough that you have to respect it. Right. It's almost like Badger basketball. Like everyone can shoot the three. They're long. They might not be the most athletic kids, but they can all shoot. They're going to stretch the floor. So when does the new line come in? Have they painted it on the floor yet? Or yeah. is it, is it pushed back another year because of the pandemic? It's yeah, it's on the floor. Um, okay. Yeah, it'll for Division three. It'll be for the twenty one two twenty two season. And you think I, that's going to change the game? I think so. I mean, it, you know, based on you, you would know this as a stats guy. Like the percentages from three are going to drop three to four percent. I think at our level. And you know, for me, we have some really good young big guys. So I think this is a great opportunity for us to um, showcase them a little bit. You know, if I, if I, if we don't have guys that are like shooting it enough where I'm like, I'm com- comfortable with them just ripping. Like I had th- four seniors last year that could stroke it from anywhere. Right. We don't have that anymore. So it'll give my, my uh, combo guards that can create space off the bounce, a little bit more space to operate. And it gives my bigs some, some more opportunities to throw it inside and play on the interior. I think it gives you space. The, the, and I've said this on my podcast. Here's the issue is I think the court's not wide enough anymore. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> I, and the, and I'm looking at I'm looking at the gym behind you. It's like I don't know what they would do if they widen the floor in your gym. Um, well, you, you would lose seats. That's what you'd lose seats. But I'm just saying, I think in the next fifty to hundred years, they're going to have to like every gym that's built is going to have to like. I love the '94. I think '94 is fine even for the NBA. I just I think the bodies are getting so big that they got to make the court is too narrow. Like, yes. <laughs> I agree with you on that. Um, I'm not sure what the solution is. Um, I'm not, you know, I want to get rid of the jump ball too. That's one of my big pushes to start the game, to get rid of the jump ball, to start the game. It's the silliest thing ever. Um, yeah, it is kind of funny. They're, they're horrible at tossing it. Well, that's the problem. It's, it's, uh, the amount of times where, you know, they, they, <laughs> they might as well just give the team the ball. It's like, okay. Yeah. Like wh- whoever comes to your gym should get the ball to start. Like right. visiting team gets the ball alternating possession let's go like because like baseball. yeah it's it, it's 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 anyway it's one of my pet peeves because we're even worse at the high school level because the poor accountants have been working all day and only one of the three throws of one ball you know they're, they're not practicing that throw and you know it's just i don't know it, one of my guys got called for a foul this year on the jump ball so that's why i'm oh uh. Twenty-five-year-old like, John Furbush would have got a technical foul for that call. Trust me, I always, he goes. He grabbed his arm. I go. Well, no, he didn't. And second of all, it was a horrible toss, and you can just see it was like you, you, that's the way you start the game with a foul on a jump ball. That's irrelevant. One of my big guys. Um, do you have a coaching? Summarize your coaching philosophy. Well, I mean, I'm a player's coach, and and uh, so I for, from. From like a recruiting standpoint, I always find it interesting when people are like, oh, what, what are you recruiting this year? And I'm more of a best available. And I think I, this, the school is, you know, not just on top of like we want the best players, but like for me to say I'm only going to recruit 
this position, I mean, takes my funnel from here to here because it's impossible to get into the school already. So now if your I have funnel, to- Your funnel is crazy. It's nuts. Because you're, so I've, I've said this on podcasts before. So let's take your school and here's, here's 100% of the high school, college, high school kids that can play. You're literally dealing, you're dealing with a slice that's like 2% of that. Because yes. maybe 10% of them or 15% of them can play at your level, but then only two of them can, 2% can get in and pay for it. Right. Like, it's like, yeah, you, you're basically recruiting, like you have to recruit nationally on a non-national budget. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a perfect way to say it right there. You took the words out of my mouth. It's, I mean, I mean, you got to go. I mean, I, if this is, and this is from the old dog, if I was in the NASDAQ, I would go find, I would find a sugar daddy and say, I got to recruit nationally. So you, you want us to win? Here's how I can win. Cause I got to go to California. Cause there's two kids in California that I can recruit. Yeah. yeah. That can actually play. <laughs> like the only good thing you have is you have the, um, you have the prep schools. That's the only good that thing. Helps. That's big time. Yeah. It does help. The prep schools help. That helps um, and the Ivy, the Ivy camp, the Ivy ID camps, those are really helpful for us. Cause they, I mean, they draw people from all over the country for those things. So, right. Cause everyone wants to go to Harvard or wants to play at Dartmouth. Yeah. It's like, right. well, you're not good enough, but yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so, that's yeah, like, yeah. So philosophy has always been, I, I'm going to highlight what I have and that's going to change a little bit year to year. So I won't ever jeopardize like my core values, but I think we'll alter schematically what we'll do we do year to year based on you know the personnel of our team so um but again coming back to my my empowerment thing i mentioned earlier i I just think it's important for my guys to be you know part of the process that that we have in place every year um and and own it you know so we spend a lot of time watching film from prior years or we film every practice so we can really break down uh concepts daily with the guys and and you know, creating the habits that they need to, to own our system. So, um, you know, we're probably more of a four out, even at times five out. Uh, you know, I think we all like the open paint concept. And so um, depending if we have more guys that can stretch the floor, catch and shoot wise, or guys that are better creating, you know, we might highlight those things with some quicks that way. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm more of a, you know, a motion flow coach than a set set offense coach. And I think that's, that's what I spend a lot of time with my guys is learning how to play with each other as opposed to being a little bit more robotic than, you know, Hey, we're going to set this pin down and this is how it's going to go. Um, so I give my guys a little bit more freedom than maybe I did five, six years ago, right. but I think that's, that's for me, that's what I have that. I have guys that can create their own shots. So I don't want to have them doing things they're not good at. Right. So, so going back to, so what happened, obviously no Ivy camp. So how did recruiting change for you? Hey everybody. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you love it and you want to support us, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better 14 day free trial. As we talk, subscribe, like, jump up and down, do whatever you got to do. Those Apple podcasts mean a lot to us. I read every one of them. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. 
You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.